Welcome to the Connected Communication Podcast, the show which explores how much of communication is nature and how much is nurture, sharing speaking secrets along the way. I'm your host, Christine Malani. Never walk away from an instant connection. It's happened for a reason. It's also possible to have an instant disconnection and that's something that might come up when we give you some tips later on in our conversation today. But before we get there, let me introduce my guest for this afternoon's podcast. Afternoon. Does it go out in the afternoon? Yes, I think it does. A licensed massage therapist, registered clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, empath and psychic. My guest has been involved in holistic healing since 1988, though... I'll be honest, I cannot tell how because I was five then and I don't really see a difference in our ages. (laughs) So I'm pretty amazed by that. She is also an educator, speaker, author and mentor for empaths, spiritual seekers and medical professionals and a podcast host. May I welcome with gratitude to the show, the beautiful Ariel Hubbard. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Christine. I'm so excited to be here. That's great. And I talked about instant connection there at the very beginning. Ariel and I met just last week through a a group, a networking group that we both share for podcasting and did an interview for her own podcast with me as the interviewee. We hadn't met before we did the interview, but somehow we began finishing each other's sentences in the middle of the interview and even what we would call in Ireland jinxed a couple of times saying the same (laughs) word at the same time so for me there was an instant connection there I don't know if you'd agree with me oh absolutely for me as well 100% (laughs) fantastic well we're here today to continue the series uh, that I'm terming communication through the ages so just to remind listeners about that series or anybody who's new welcome thank you for coming please do hit the subscribe or follow button and make sure that you come back Communication Through the Ages is about exploring the nature and nurture of communication and how beliefs, behaviours and mannerisms have changed over time with technological change, globalisation, but also for you personally, as much as you're willing to share throughout your lifetime and career. With that said, let's get into it. Maybe go back in time a little bit. So I know I read a bit about your bio um, and what you do now, and I had a look at your, your beautiful website and some of the work you do online, going all around the, the country, I think, or certainly around your Indeed. area, offering different different modalities. Have you always been involved in this work? Yes, except I've always been involved, except I was untrained as a child, right? So my first big communication was with my spirit guides, actually, wow. because... Um, because I had abilities and I started realizing when I was about six, I started, I was aware of them when I was about three, but I didn't know that other people didn't have them until I was about six. And then I started realizing that I couldn't work with human beings, like the way other people, like I was seeing auras. I didn't know what that's what they were called, but I was seeing energy around people. I was seeing um, spirits from the other side. I was talking to nature intelligences, right? And my guys had a conversation with me about, you know, you don't want people to think you're crazy. So you might want to, you might want to work with us to develop your abilities with these instead of telling people about them, because otherwise they won't listen to you. They won't take you seriously. And they might think you're crazy. So I started 
working with them over time <clears throat> to develop my I'm goals. sorry to, to jump over you there just before you, you talk about developing that for anyone who's listening who may not know what you mean when you say guides or I'll explain it. those who you communicate with you could could you explain just absolutely 100 so spirit guides are beings that their goal is to help us develop spiritually and in the non-physical realms you could call it there are all different types of um beings and their consciousness is um focused on helping us grow and develop. We, we receive information from these beings. They Their goal is to help us grow internally and develop. And sometimes their guidance is very practical. It's very uh, earth-based, like bring an umbrella today because it's going to rain. <laughs> nice. uh, sometimes they, they help with cooking and sometimes they help with directions. But most of that is to teach us to feel like we're connected to something greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. That there's a divine flow that moves us through the universe. And then if we tap into that divine flow, that will help us personally and it will help everyone else as well. Lovely. So Lovely. thank you. That was one of my first major experiences with communication and it was internal, nonverbal, and spiritual. And interestingly, you said, or what I, I understood you said was that your guides were saying to you, be mindful now that you don't get perceived or that people don't perceive you as being crazy. crazy. So that's coming and, not only and, from the outside, but also or the they won't take you seriously or they won't respect you. So wow. these things that you're seeing and experiencing, don't talk about them with people. Oh. And yeah, not like in a bad way, just mm. now is not the time to talk about this with people because this is back. I was born in the late sixties. Okay. Oh my goodness, if you could see this woman's face. <laughs> really amazing. Well, they definitely keep you young. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Energy work makes a difference. It helps it's with you think instead of aging. It's true. I do agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. I That's so sweet. That. But what you said there must have been difficult, though, for, for you as a child in terms of a communication perspective, particularly that there's something going on for you as as a young person who might naturally um, express children express because we don't know about limitations and, and inhibiting the brain yet. We don't have that prefrontal cortex. So how did you deal with that as a child? Uh, I just worked with them. I just focused because I, to, to be direct, I had a narcissist for a mother. There were Mm -hmm. mental health issues from an, as soon I recognized that from an early age and I could sense that I wasn't safe on a bunch of different levels, including, um, including, you know, talking about these things because it, it, the first one, I, when I first tried, when I was like, you know, five or something, I would try and I was being brushed off and not listened to. And I realized, oh, I need to, that, but I need to not express with this person. So um, I just continued to work with them. I started talking with them. I would ask them questions. I, what about this? And this thing I'm seeing, is that real? They're like, yes, that is. And I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, no, that's your mind. Because I used to have really bad anxiety as a child. And I used to have these scenarios going through my head um, of danger because of the person I was living with. Right. So I was picking up on I'm also like picking up on her thoughts. I call them thought forms. I was picking up on her thought forms and not a lot of them were not very positive. And um, it was very scary as a child. 
And I would have these like fearful thoughts, like something bad was going to happen. And, you know, I would hear the guides saying things like, okay, they would give me exercises to help me calm down. Literally meditation exercises to help me calm down and say, okay, those are, those thoughts are not real. That's you being afraid, but that's not real. That's not actually going to happen. Okay. And then, um, this is real, but this isn't. And they would help me differentiate over time. Wow. Could you no, share a little just bit? To, just to say, I have to mm. say that um, in my family, I'm the only person who doesn't have some kind of issue mentally where I don't need medication. Like a lot of people in my family have different types of mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. And um I'm the only person who doesn't have those and doesn't need meds for those. So, so um, people can make fun of woo-woo people if they want to. With <sighs> they can make fun of spiritual guides all they want. But the thing is, when you have, um, when you work with your guides and you're really intentional, they can actually take you through some very difficult times and into something more positive. It, it was yeah. extremely difficult. There's there's no doubt about it. It was I would not wish my childhood experience on anyone, and communicating with them was part of what kept me sane, balanced, and like getting through that and into something more positive in my life. Mm. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you sharing and I'm sure, yeah, well, I can't be sure, but I imagine there at least might be one listener and if it's one life that's affected and maybe impacted, then that's a gift Yes, by listening to this. So if I can just draw you back there for a moment, you said that you were given some guidance on how to separate what some of these thoughts might be as, as projected thoughts that aren't real versus what is real. Right. Could you share a couple of those techniques that might help people who are listening who deal with anxiety? I, I grew up next to a Catholic family, okay, and they were terrified of um, the negative polarity in Christianity. And they kept saying stuff like, oh, they're, you know, that's going to get you and that energy is going to you know, get you and all that stuff. So like for the longest time, I was afraid of that. Like, oh my gosh, you know? And then I watched a a scary movie about the negative polarity of Christianity. And I was like, oh, and then I like, and I was terrified, right? And then I just kept asking, is that real? Is that real? And, And I kept hearing things like, not in the way you think it is and not in the way that the mass consciousness thinks it is. I also had these understandings about the divine, which is we relate to the divine in a way that we can based on our consciousness as a filter. I mean, it wasn't said that way, but as a child, it was simpler. It was more like, um, you know, you think you think that the divine is one way because of what your brain can perceive. The more open your brain is, the more expanded your awareness of what source energy is. Okay. So people who grow up with a specific religion, they think God is that way. People who grow up with a different religion think God is a different way. People who have an open mind that's, that's transcending those types of experiences, they experience source in a completely different way. And that mm-hmm. includes, so that's the good. And then what is on the other polarity, that's also a group of thoughts and beliefs that people have, right? That's, that's the thinking that causes that energy to show up that way. Mm-hmm. So I learned that as a child. And then there were conversations about my thinking or my thoughts or like what I, um, so these thoughts, this is fear-based, this is love-based, 
um, they, they said it differently because I was a kid, but I'm trying to articulate it, basically the gist of what they were saying mm. as an adult. But so, I, I like what you said there that, because it's, it's adults <laughs> that I hope are listening to the podcast. <laughs> and so they would understand, I believe, what you're saying in terms of, is it fear-based and is it love-based? What a beautiful question to ask yourself. So I recognize yeah. this feeling inside me. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling afraid. Is I've got a monologue going inside my head. Is that love-based? Is it fear-based? Is it true? Right. And oh, like, okay, like, then what do I do? And some of the, some of the anxieties were pretty intense, hmm. like really intense. And so that's when I started feeling, I started learning about the vibrational frequency of thoughts, what the actual frequency, like the, um, if you were going to measure a thought form, what is the speed of the wave of that thought form? Right. Mm-hmm. Frequency, amplitude, like that kind of stuff, but how yeah. fast is it going? And is it a low level frequency or a high, actually it's amplitude, sorry. But anyway, the point is, is the amplitude high or low? And mm-hmm. and in the spiritual community, we talk about low or high frequency vibrations. And that has to do with like, um, how can I say this? Like guilt and shame are very low frequency. Love is a much higher frequency and like compassions and, and much higher also. So and enlightenment is like non-attachments, even a higher frequency. So it's a way of reading energies. And I started learning about that as a child with my own thoughts, basically, and my own statements, things that I would say, like, what is the energy frequency of that? And that mm-hmm. was one of my ways I could detect if something was coming from a source energy because that has a much higher frequency than human thoughts, feelings, and beliefs do. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting the resonance there. It's amazing. You talk about energy and the frequencies, the introduction music for my podcast. I'm very lucky to know a couple of drum and bass DJs in Ireland. And there's a guy called Korku who actually made my track for me. Cool. But one of the key things that I wanted was that it, was at the frequency, the solfeggio frequency of uh, connection. Oh, so we got the actual beat, the connection, the underlying beat in the in, in, uh, introduction mm-hmm. music and exit music of the podcast is at that particular frequency to connect with the heart. That's yeah. awesome. So I love that. I love that. <laughs> and now I understand more why we've connected. So, so oh, there's so, so many. There's so <laughs> yeah. many. Uh, I, I was, I was as a Reiki master, I've been teaching Reiki for almost 30 years. And the mm. Reiki guides of quite a while back downloaded me with many more Reiki symbols. And then I had an experience with the divine um, energy explaining to me that Reiki symbols have been around forever and cultures all over the world, but a lot of the knowledge was lost. So I was being downloaded. And one of those is for relationship connection. And I used that in a disguised version of that symbol in my business logo <laughs> for my nice. education, my Hubbard education group. So, so connection, I, I mean, and I, I mean, the sound frequencies, all that stuff is huge. Like your thoughts, mm. your beliefs. So when we're communicating with people, right. Um, if we can like, tune into like how does what they're saying make me feel right mm-hmm. so last night i was on linkedin and i got a cold pitch which i i'm not a fan of cold pitches in linkedin linkedin's for networking it's not for cold pitching and it was very cold and very frosty and very yeah. clinical but very technically accurate and i i i gave the guy feedback that's not what this is for it's for developing relationships and he goes yeah i've been using ai and i'm not sure it's working and that explains why the communication was cold, frosty, distant, 
And it does. And Can I jump accurate. in though? It was a computer. It was. But see <laughs> what you did. And what you did is the essence of connected and authentic communication. Instead of getting angry, and maybe you did for a minute. Oh, I was annoyed. I like this. I was annoyed, but I reached out. But you reached out. You connected. You went back and said, you know, thanks very much. Look, but to be totally honest with you, this is not what this is for. And what did it allow for? Well, Resonance I said, I said isn't, isn't, isn't business about connecting? I mean, I'd love to talk with you as a person. I mean, don't, don't you think it's, you know, better to work with people we know, like, and trust? And isn't developing connections important? He said, agreed. And we, he, he, first he tried to brush me off and then I drew him in with the conversation. And then I tried to give him some ideas for like, here are ways, authentic ways to connect with other people in business, even though it was unsolicited advice. He gave me a cold pitch, so I felt like it was okay to give myself <laughs> nice. mirroring, mirroring the behavior. So that that's great. Then, what were uh, some of the pieces of advice you gave him? Maybe I was talking would with, benefit from hearing them. I was talking with him about if, uh, if people want to know you, you know, because this guy was an investments guy. He was like a guy that wanted me to invest my money with him. That's all about trust, right? Mm. So I said to him, hey, we do business with people we know, like, and trust. Like, why don't you talk with me? Why don't you Why don't you reach out to me and say, hey, this is what I do. This is my passion. Do you know of anyone who would like to work with this or anyone who needs help with this? Or would you be interested? Like, it's just a request for engagement and communicating and developing a relationship instead of this, hi, I do X, Y, Z, and this is what I do. And would you be interested? Would you like to reach out and connect and have a call next week, which was, was a computer? Um, I also had suggested that he join a networking group, not because I had any agenda or interest. It's just because the people that I know that are in one of the networking groups I'm in are in the same line of work he was in. And I was like, well, why don't you guys join? Why don't you join a networking group and build relationships? And then I also said, I talked about our podcast collective. I said, I'm a podcaster. It's one of the things I do. We have this fantastic um, chat room and we get on there and we support each other. We offer each other suggestions and advice and we help each other out. Is there something like that for your industry where you can help each other? No. Right? Because no. that's relationship building and that's people being authentic and real. And I do think in the age of AI, first of all, we're going to have to get really smart at detecting AI because it's learning how to use human-esque voice in the written word, but we're also going to need to look at the tone and just feel the energy of that. And, and now I know why it felt so inauthentic because it wasn't a person. <laughs> Absolutely. But it brings us nicely into what we said we might end up talking about today. And again, there's that end, that resonance and the energetic connection. So listeners, before we started the call, I shared with Ariel that I just had an experience today of a perfect example of how not to start a, a new communication with somebody, which clearly you had last night in that uh, email or that message on LinkedIn. Uh, what happened with me was on a call. Again, it was somebody mutually connected the two of us, suggested we should meet. We met and maybe the person came with good intentions. Maybe that's fine. I, I can accept that their intention may have been to want to help, but I didn't express a need for help. I didn't express permission to be quizzed and questioned about my business. And pretty oh. much within seven minutes, six minutes on the call, I started to get peppered with questions about where my clients came from, how I sourced them, 
why I did or didn't go with this particular business. And it was like an investor that I I was going and pitching for, for business, you know. And but that person wasn't an investor. There's some, no, there, there's something else. There right? Something else. They, they do something. There's a, a relation in terms of what I do with what, some of what they do. And as I say, maybe they were coming in with this intention that they could help, this belief that they could help me in some way. They may have clients or connections that they could help me with. But again, I didn't express a need for help. I just thought I was meeting somebody for half an hour just, just to meet. Where we go from there, fine. So after a couple of minutes, I said, you know, well, let me go back for one second, if I may. They arrived late onto the call. They weren't looking at me when they came on the call. It was a blank screen. They were looking for something in their room. And when they came on the call, started talking to me while they were looking for something else. So Ooh. all of these is, for me, the resonance when you talk about energy and talk about respect and presence for a person yeah. is, is immediately disconnecting. So a couple of minutes in, I said, you know, I sort of feel like this is a little bit too personal and um, and a bit too much detail to be being asked about it with respect to my business so quickly on the call. <laughs> When you talk about, I'm going back to what you said a couple of minutes ago now, uh, the the source response, the source connection, is it coming from a place of love, is it coming from a place of source, versus the human emotion or the triggered response maybe from mm-hmm. trauma or a place of ego or status. I could see the fire mm-hmm. immediately at the fact that I had stood up and said, oh, this it doesn't make me comfortable. And the the conversation ended. A couple mm-hmm. of minutes after that, because mm-hmm. I acknowledged it, I acknowledged the disconnect. Said, you know, like it's it's okay for this feeling to have happened, but I recognise that I've created a bit of a trigger and a, a discomfort in you. What can we do to move past it? Ended the call. So when we think about this, your experience, AI, uh, the resonating or not with the energy of mm-hmm. the communication that's coming towards us. The same, sitting in an experience where somebody is potentially probing too much or making a person feel uncomfortable. If you were talking to listeners about that kind of development in in communication and how to develop themselves to respond in a way that is comfortable for them, what would you say? I would say, trust your inner feelings and intuition. Mm. So if someone approaches you in a communication if it feels open free joyful um, relaxing right if you're experiencing the relaxation response when you're in that person's presence that's probably indicated that your body and your auric fields can read the intention of that person it can read the what's coming off of that person's chakras it can read what's in that person's energy field and so if you feel that openness freedom calm those peaceful tranquil kinds of feelings or states okay if you perceive that you feel relaxed that's a response to a positive energy from that person if you feel stressed you feel angry, you feel resentful. Okay. So literally people get angry because their boundaries are crossed. So literally your beingness, your body, your energy field, all that stuff can read when someone's crossing a line. So if you feel resentful, when you said, did you feel angry when that guy talked to you? Yeah, I did. And it wasn't extreme anger, but it was enough for me to know 
this person was crossing a line. Like mm. you develop trust before you start talking about money, for instance. Absolutely. That yeah. is a basic rule in the financial services industry. You don't just talk about money and, hey, I do this thing with money and let's do a call next week. Like, no, <laughs> you don't do that. You, I'm like, who, dude, do you have any experience in your job at all? Like, you don't do that, right? Now I know why it wasn't a person. So when, yeah. when someone, um, I had an experience one time where I was with a um, group of spiritual people and there was a, well, she said she was a shaman. This particular woman said she was a shaman. Okay. I pretty much, because I've interacted with shamans. I've done a lot of shamanic um, experiences. I've done them in the Amazon. I've done them in the United States and I've done a lot of different kinds of ceremonies. Right. And shamans are not performative except when they are like if they're hayokas or they have a certain type of ceremonial role, then they will be performative. But a lot of shamans don't go around saying I'm a shaman. They don't walk around doing that. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> this woman was kept talking about how she's a shaman, this, and she's a shaman that, and isn't it great? And you, you should do a ceremony with her and blah, 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 blah. Right. And immediately my BS detector switched on <laughs> and in my body, I felt uh, I call their modes of energy. One of them is stop. And what happens in your aura is it different layers of your aura field start solidifying. And to the clairvoyant, it looks like there's a silver shield around a person when it's literally your fields are hardening. Okay. And so when you go, I felt myself going to stop mode when I was interacting with her. Okay. And I, if, I felt if you're like, not just to, for people who are listening and I don't mean to stop you on the thread. But if you're not someone who might understand that that stop from a clairvoyance perspective or from seeing the energy field, what does it feel like? It feels like, no, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to interact with you or you're full of it or you're lying. You have these internal feelings, Mm -hmm. but the way that results is your energy field shifts from a flowing um, structure that moves and flows energy into something where you don't want to let that person's energy in and think of dealing with any teenager and they like put their hand up and say, talk to the hand. or I want to deal with you. <laughs> they make example. those big ones. They do their one word. Ooh. They do, <laughs> they do their one Kevin word. Go large. Oh. Ooh. Like, and they, they, or they, you know, someone who makes a comment that pushes you off. Those are all examples of people mm-hmm. who are in stop mode. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. I was interacting with this woman and I could feel myself go into stop mode. Like I'm not letting you in. You're not getting in here. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. You're lying. And I don't like you. And everyone else in the room was like, oh, isn't she wonderful? And I'm thinking they're not seeing what I'm seeing and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like interact with this woman or let them in because they didn't feel safe and you don't feel safe because you're picking up on something from that person. Something feels off. So what back to answering your question is you want to trust your internal um, sensorial ability to perceive what's happening with that person. It does take practice. You do have to unlearn some things that you have been taught, which is to we've almost, unless you're from an indigenous culture, Almost everyone has been taught to ignore, and even some people in some indigenous cultures as well. Most of us have been taught to ignore our intuition, our ignore our ability to read energy, and ignore ability to really trust our intuition. And we have to unlearn that and relearn how to be intuitive. 
So basically the, that person, and I'm going to give you my take on that conversation that you described, that person didn't give, get permission from you to mm-hmm. ask you questions like that. Exactly. Those are questions that you get when someone signs a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> like you get to answer those questions when they yeah. sign an NDA. They don't get to um, interrogate you about your business. It's just like when people, when like you're dating someone casually and you go to their family's house and they start asking you a million questions that a lot of them are very personal and about the nature of the relationship or about you, it's a boundary violation. It's very yeah. off-putting. And so if you, when to the listeners, if you're interacting with someone and it makes you feel uncomfortable, what you want to do is you want to first look within and go, is this person pushing my buttons? Is this my ego getting in this way? Or does this person remind me of someone I used to know? Basically, are you transferring an experience from a past person onto the person in front of you. You always want to look to see, is it your stuff? Okay. And then once you realize, no, it's not my stuff. It's the other person. There's something about what this person's doing, saying, or how they're showing up. that's making me uncomfortable. And then you go, why, why am I uncomfortable? And then you, if you can look at what you're feeling, if you're feeling anger, resentment, that's Liver emotion, gallbladder emotion. If you're feeling anger, resentment, they're probably crossing your boundaries. So then you want to go, okay, I'm feeling mad. Do I need to say something to them? Well, if you keep having the feeling, it keeps coming up for you. Yeah, you absolutely need to say something. And there are all different ways you can say your communication to that person. I mean, I think, Christine, what you did is you just ended the call. And I obviously don't know what you said to them. I'm guessing you said something to them. (laughs) He ended the call early because I called it. And it's amazing what you say here. So, again, this this beautiful resonance. I left, as I think, you know, a very toxic narcissistic relationship at the end of 2021. I've just spent four months uh, getting acupuncture treatment. And we were working, of course, on my liver and my gallbladder meridians because I needed to deal with those emotions, the anger, the resentment, the at, at myself as much as at, at anybody else. Right, right. And right. so, yes, it when it was happening, he, he's asking me, I'm recognizing this is this is not OK. Right. As exactly as you said, it's breaching my permission. He's, he hasn't asked for permission for this. I haven't indicated I want any of it. So I just said. You know, I I feel like these questions are just a little bit too personal, given the fact that we've we've just met each other and we've never had a conversation before. And the moment I said that, I stood in my power because I might not have said that a couple of years ago when I was in that relationship and my confidence had taken a slam. A few years before it, it would have, but not in the middle of it. So for me, this was a step back into boundary setting and it, and being okay with my own boundary setting. Yeah, this isn't okay for me. I'm going to address it. So I don't feel comfortable answering these questions. I feel like they're probing a little bit too much. How how would you feel if we flipped the conversation a little bit? Wow. He and you're, so that was polite. You, oh, I was very, I, would, I wouldn't do it rudely. That's, that's oh. part of my communication skill <laughs> that I would do it politely. But this person, I shouldn't say him. Uh, it's said anyway, it's not identifiable. This person got very angry. And of course, I could sense the anger. I, th- there was no emotional regulation. They immediately, yeah, ask whatever you want. I was just trying to help. I was, so really? I started asking a couple of questions. Yeah, I asked a couple of questions. And then there was still that flippancy in the response, you know. And I, 
for me, there's no point then. It's it's a pointless conversation. So I said, look, I recognise that my saying that I wasn't comfortable with the questions has brought up a little bit of emotion and the energy has shifted. So I'd just like to acknowledge that I'm, I'm recognising that the energy has shifted in the conversation. Well, you can acknowledge whatever you want. You know what, actually, I have another call and uh, I, have a, I have a meeting in a few minutes, so I'm going to need to go to another call and go to meetings. Wow. Okay. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for your time. There's no point in continuing any further if the person can't control Correct. their emotional, emotional response. And, and I'm not going to uh, subscribe to your agenda. Correct. Regardless of whether or not you're coming from a helping perspective. And as I say, he, the person may have been thinking they could help and trying to find ways to help. But I didn't express a need for help. Correct. And you've got to find out that there's a need first and what it is the person might need help with before you can <laughs> determine that that's the right way to go. I, yeah. I have I have another example of this and I want Great. to share it just because um, I think it's really important people know they just there's an awareness is important. So I had someone reach out to have me as a guest on their podcast, right? And their podcast was about doing business and what he they did not communicate to me was that they were looking for ways to try to see if they could hook me as a client. So they interviewed me on the show about my business okay. and their whole pitch on their show is life as an entrepreneur is hard. Here's a way to, here's how this X person got through this really hard time. Except that I have a mature business. I've been doing my work for almost 30 years, right? I've solved a lot of the problems that these people were talking about on their show. So when he kept talking to me about there being a problem or this thing you had to solve, I'd be like, well, you know, I like my business. I like the tasks I do. And he's like, well, but don't you have anything that you, you know, didn't you ever have problems? Well, sure. I had problems. Like this is like 15 years ago. Yeah. When, you know, my CPAs dropped out on me in the middle of tax season and I had to go and do all my own bookkeeping and all my stuff by myself. And so I was talking about something that was historical 15 years ago after the show. Right. And I basically in the show, I said, Hey, I do great. I do a lot of stuff on my own because it works for me. And he's like, he goes, what sounds like you don't trust people. And I go, well, I want to be able to solve my own problems and do my own things so that I can handle it real time and and lower my costs so that I can run my business in a in a way that sticks to my budget, right? That seems like it makes sense. After we get off the call, he goes, "Well, I'm looking I'm looking at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats here." And and you know, if there's a I think that I might be able to help you with your business. And I'm thinking, "Dude, you've been in your business like a year and a half, and I've been in my business for almost 30 years." And yes, we all have beginner's mind and we can always learn, but you're trying to pitch me based on an interview in a pod without pre-warning me that you wanted to take me on as a client. Mm. He said something like, well, sometimes our podcast interviewees become clients, but he didn't say I'm looking for a hook so I can try to pitch you on my business. He did not communicate that ahead of time. So wow. when we had that conversation, it was glaringly obvious. I said, you know, I'm actually doing great. Well, I, you know, you said you don't trust people. And I think that's an issue that you need to work on. And I'm laughing going, dude, you're just trying to look for a pitch. You said wow. SWAT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I, yeah, I know my eye twitched a little bit when you said that. I know. I was I'm, laughing. Are you swatting me? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I've been teaching my business students that for years. I'm laughing going, 
dude, what are you in second grade? I mean, total boundary violation. And he's like, well, I, you know, I think that you're missing an opportunity and I'm laughing going, well, no, actually you're missing an opportunity because you could be a lot more honest and direct with people about what you're really doing. Don't use your podcast as a way to collect clients. That's not okay. It's not okay. And so, I mean, maybe if there are clients who are listening. So for me, a part of the, the that, that's different. The no, no, but he's talking about listen, he's, but he's recruiting guests. guests for his show and then pitching the guests based on the podcast interview he does with the guests to try to get okay. them as clients. I'm not talking about his listeners. Well, then maybe there's the, maybe there was a lesson learned in that in that experience of speaking to you and in the feedback and the response that you gave. And look, if they're if they're new in business and new to maybe. what's happening, then. No, but the thing, the thing that's beautiful about all mm. this is for all of us that have these experiences, because we all do, mm. is swinging back to the positive polarity of it, which is mm. I was crystal clear about my boundaries. I was very upfront and direct with him. I was crisp in my exchange. I didn't have an emotional upset. I mean, I was like a little annoyed at his um his boundary violation. And that's mm. how I knew there was a boundary violation because I was starting to feel annoyed. So back to what we've been talking about. When you interact with people, if it feels positive, light, free, open, joyful, the energy moves, that's an instant connection. Make sure everyone to our listeners, sorry, I'm going to give unsolicited advice. Make sure you, you work with that. If you feel that, Make sure you make an effort to interact with that person more or as much as possible, because that's how you know it's working. If you feel the stuff that we've just been talking about in our examples, that's how you know it's not working. So definitely go by your internal feeling state so that you that's that that's like you said, well, how do you know? And it's like by what's happening in your internal feeling state, it lets you know this communication's working or yeah. that one's, that's not. And then how to move on from that. Yeah, and you said something very important earlier that I'd like to touch on with regards to my example as well today, that when you connect in with the self and you question it, okay, what happened? How am I feeling? Where is it coming from? What is it? I did this. So it happened not too long before our call. I knew I needed to clear my space so that I could give you as much of myself and my energy that was required for our conversation. So I left. I recorded a couple of videos because I think it's a really important piece of content for people to hear, but maybe this is the way it needs to get out. But I left the house. I went out. I sat down. I looked at the sea for a while. And I started to ask myself, was it coming from me? And was it my triggers? Did I need to reflect? Was I potentially missing out on an opportunity here? And this is something I think is very important, particularly for anybody who might be in an abusive relationship or who may have come out of one, who may have experienced narcissism or who maybe is in even a working environment that's toxic. Mm. That if you're going through these thoughts and, and having this thought process, you may question yourself. It's important to question and check in with whether or not it's an emotional trigger for you. But when you realize that it's not, accept it. And recognize that it is a boundary breach. And reward yourself or tap, pat yourself on the back or acknowledge yourself in some way for recognizing the boundary breach and walking away from it. Because that's healing. And that's Absolutely. confidence and courage to stand in your own power and, and stand for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you've shared so many incredible 
pieces of information and learning today from the energetic perspective that relates so so wholly and purely to communication. I think most particularly communication with ourselves. Yes. Internally and balancing that internal and external. Wow. Fantastic. Is there anything else that you would like to bring? I would I would for... say <laughs> um uh, my suggestion is give yourself permission to release any guilt about interactions you have with people if you're mm-hmm. concerned about them not working because that's not a good use of your energy. I would also say it's important to recognize our own conditioning. And a lot of us have been trained to take over responsibility for other people's actions. Like we assume that we're the problem. And a lot of times we're not. (laughs) And a lot of times we don't necessarily recognize if something's not working in a communication, it's both people and how they interact. Right. And if you're doing your highest and best, and yes, we're humans, but if you're doing your highest and best and it's still not working, it may not actually be your challenge breakdown or problem. It may actually be coming from the other side. And sometimes that gives us a perspective to go, oh, I'm actually valid. I'm actually okay. I actually did my best. I feel good about myself. And if this didn't work out, that's okay. I will find a different person to interact with and have a positive exchange with. Beautiful. Beautiful. And how do you specifically, I think maybe you've answered this actually. Well, I'm going to, I'll, I'll spell it out a teeny bit more. Um, yeah, I'm so releasing like, the guilt and thinking of someone who's listening to you and thinking, how do I release the guilt? How do I do that? That's easy okay. to say. But, I know. Um, no, that's pretty vague. So I, I, I know, I know, I gave quite a bit at the end. I, I call it assigning value. I'm like, okay, Hmm. this interaction didn't go well. How much of that was me and how much was them? And it's an intuitive question. You ask how much was me that caused this whatever and how much was them, right? And then you tune in for a number, 90% me, 20% me, 50% me. And then you just, whatever the percentage is and how much was them, you know, it was 90% them and 10% me. And then you accept the, the number. Like, oh, okay. Like it, it, it's a way to, to transcend your ego that wants to argue about how right and good you were and just say, okay, in this interaction, how much was me, um, you know, the effect was caused by me. How much of the effect was caused by that other person? Right. Okay. And then you get the number and then you accept it. And that for me transcends like, okay, I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to feel bad. It, this is what it is. And then I'm just going to accept that. Okay. 20% of me was part of reason why this didn't work and you know or hey it was only 10 percent me or hey it was 90 percent me you just accept it and then you move on you just move on mm. nice well 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 so many so many things to learn and be aware <laughs> of uh, really fantastic thank you so much i have a question that i ask at the end of the podcast so if i may please what does connected communication mean to you it means that people are authentic with each other and that's the entire spectrum it's not necessarily all fluffy and light it's people are genuine um and authentic with each other so there's a level of depth and you can feel what that feels like energetically it feels like the person is with you they're present with you and you feel like you're with them and if you want to know what it doesn't feel like 
sit with someone who's on their cell phone while you're sitting there looking at them. And then you'll know what connected and not connected feels like. And then have them put down their cell phone and then look into each other's eyes, breathe and have a conversation with each other and be really present with each other. And to me, that's what it feels like. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Oh, wow. For everything you. you shared, your wisdom, your energy. It's just beautiful. I love speaking to you. Oh. I'm thinking as, as we're talking, I'm like, we should do this once a month. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it would be fabulous to talk. Oh, yeah, oh, you're a beautiful human being. I really, I, I'm very grateful too. I'm going to say our guides are bringing us together because I do believe that Spirit has had a bit of involvement in this somewhere. Oh, definitely. But also to our podcast group. <laughs> very, oh, very gosh. grateful. Thank you so much. Thank I, you. I really appreciate you. Gosh, it was such a great opportunity to be with you. You are a master of communication and I'm really honored to be on your show. So thank you. Oh, what a beautiful thing to say. Before we go, would you be able to tell listeners where they can find you, how they can work with you or anything that you Absolutely. So if you're online, you can go to arielhubbard.com. That's A-R-I-E-L, like the Disney princess, except that's really from Shakespeare. And Hubbard, like old mother Hubbard, H-U-B-B-A-R-D. Dot com. From there, you can find ways to reach me. I'll also give you, um, let's see, I'll give you my cell. Um, that's the Google voice. So that you can reach from all over the world, I think. 971-319-2618. And so people can text me on that number. Oh, fantastic. I think we've got a double zero, double one in front of that for the Oh, US. it would be a zero one Correct. if you're not in the United States. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we put that in the show me. notes as well. So we'll, we'll have your link. We'll have your, your number if you want it in the show notes. So anyone who's listening, you can go to the show notes and find the information there. Thank you again. Thank what you. What a beautiful episode. I've loved it. Banakti, everybody. August Buikas. Namaste. That's said that one in this, this time. Thank you.